I'm Kate Daniels. As parents and also as teachers, we want our kids to eat well and healthily. And we're going to find out in just a moment a great way to capture this particular attention and appetite of our kids. Catherine Kemp-Gale is a certified nutritional counselor and mother of two. So she has the experience of planning healthy and nutritious food for kids. And it's quite exciting to learn what all that has meant as she collaborates with her 12-year-old son on her latest, her new book, Give It a Go, Eat a Rainbow. Let's meet Catherine now and discover something quite wonderful for our family. Catherine Gaile, good morning. It is so wonderful to connect with you once again. Good morning, Kate. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And what a fun time I anticipate are having because with this lovely book that I hold in my hand, so colorful, and of course the title, Give It a Go, Eat a Rainbow, is so wonderful. And I have to say, right at the outset, another really wonderful part of this is that you have collaborated on this book with your son. You know, I think it's so important and it's making the book so much more successful because Yes, I'm a nutrition educator, and I've worked with, you know, tens of thousands of kids over the years, and I try to be really cool and really fun, but the fact is, I'm just some lady, right, that comes in, but when you have messaging coming from peers, that's where kids really, their ears perk up, they're excited, they're like, wow, this is coming from another kid, what is this about, I want to know. And that is so powerful. You're right. That peer-to-peer connection really carries so much more power in it. It really does. And I love being able to do, you know, events with him because he's the illustrator. And again, you know, he's that cool age. He's sort of an early teen. And so, you know, he's not super tall yet, right? So he really does. He's almost at the kid's level. He just was a little kid, right? So he remembers what kids connect to and what they don't. And um, he will do drawing activities with the kids. He'll get them really excited. We just did one a couple of weeks ago at a library, and the parents, oh, my kids will never try any. You know, we had this whole rainbow of fruits and vegetables out, and we told them that we were going to read the book, and then we were going to make rainbow plates, and we were going to try new foods. And the parents said to me, nope, nope, my little Johnny, he doesn't eat any of that stuff. And then after, you know, drawing the picture, and then after learning about you know, how the magic in these fruits and vegetables actually helps different parts of the body. They were like, ooh, you know, and we, we were seeing kids trying peppers and different color, you know, carrots and cauliflower, and the parents were in the corner with their jaws, you know, like, oh, my goodness. So, again, it's so fun to have this tool that I think diffuses the tension that often exists between parents and kids. It just takes it right out. And then, you know, all the progress can happen. That's a really great way to approach it. Instead of saying, you have to eat those veggies, they're just healthy for you. They're good for you. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there are so many times when, you know, I'm a parent too. I went through this with my kids. You know, I would prepare this beautiful meal. It was very healthy. And I wanted them to eat it. And, you know, sometimes they were not motivated simply by mom saying, eat it. You know, you have to figure out internally what motivates different kids, and who better to figure out what motivates kids than another kid. So it was really kind of an individual approach, but the real magic is in the magic of the book, whereas we show, you know, and, there's, and I was asking the kids to watch for the magic stars that would show, oh, where's the magic when we're at the red fruits and vegetables? It's for your heart. 
And then when we move to orange and yellow is for your eyes and green is for your teeth and blue and purple are, is energy. So we kind of went through all of the colors and literally the kids would walk over to the table and they're like, I want some blue energy. And that really makes it like a game. And all of a sudden they realize they've tried perhaps something they haven't before. And what a great adventure. And I think, you know, your word of game, it has to be fun. It has to not seem like some kind of pressure. And that's, I think, really the key to healthy eating and sort of dealing with picky eaters is you first start by taking away the tension and saying this is not something that you have to do, but instead you get the kids, you know, kind of roped in through a story, through a journey, and they love this character, Blake, because by the way, Blake can be either a boy or a girl. And then we have little cutouts of Blake that the kids can color. So we had some Hispanic children in our group. And so they colored, you know, Blake to look Hispanic and they put different clothes on Blake. So it becomes very customized. And what Alex, my son, knew ahead of time was this is how the kids are actually going to relate to the book and feel like they are in the book. And this was like, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't have thought of this as an adult. (laughs) So it's been such an adventure to be able to do this with my son. So that piece is so critical that Alex gave you insights that help to relate to the kids because that's where he lives right now. Yes, and there were no other nutrition books out there that had that sort of child peer-to-peer messaging. The other thing that's totally different about this book and about our approach, and by the way, it's not just about the book because we have this whole website, giveitagoeatarainbow.com, where people can pull all of our resources, all of our curricula and coloring activities, all for free. So this is really fun. And we have it in different languages, too. We have it in English, we have it in Spanish. But what's so fun is we're kind of riding on the coattails, you know, the Pokemon Go thing, right? That's huge. The book is Augmented Reality. So there's this one kid, you know, he was a little hesitant, didn't know if he wanted to get involved. And Alexander said, you know about Pokemon Go? And he was like, yeah, I love Pokemon Go. I said, well, this is the same thing. Look, we use real life combined with the illustrations, and it's augmented reality. And the kid's like, okay, he was completely on board, right? <laughs> so sometimes you got to use what's out there, you know, in the popular culture. Absolutely. Then it really makes sense. It's not some, you know, I have to eat something that I don't really want to such a great bridge. It's incredible. We never want to say it's a nutrition book because the minute you say a nutrition book, you know, eyes glaze over, (laughs) (laughs) you know, kids run from the room, right? And it's the same thing with my programs that I do in school is, you know, I don't call it, okay, we're going to do a nutrition lesson. I call it food and fun because most people love food and most people love fun. And really when I come into the classroom, I get cheers because They know we're going to play some games, we're going to do some activities, and, you know, they're going to be able to taste some food. So it's really about kind of being careful about how you message things. And and I really think, you know, that having that fun approach and avoiding the tension and avoiding you must try, if you avoid that, you're much more likely to succeed. Right. So this is so ideal for parents to use at home teachers to use in a classroom. It makes it like such an easy way to approach the nutrition 
but not call it that. It's part of great lessons, but making it fun and so engaging, I think it really simplifies things in the classroom. Yes, and teachers have told me, I have this hysterical story about how we brought the book into a a kindergarten classroom, and the teacher said, okay, you're not going to get anywhere with this class. They don't like anything. And this was in advance of a rainbow day, which was a school-wide event where the kids were going to celebrate a rainbow of fruits and vegetables. They were assigned the color white. So a lot of people think, well, what's white? That's a fruit and vegetable. There's actually a ton of things, you know, obviously cauliflower, but I brought in white carrots, I brought in radishes and jicama and potatoes. So it was really fun. We had all these different things, and I thought, what's the thing that they're most likely to try? Probably the white carrots. So I made that the snack. And then the other things, like the jicama and the potato, and I had a raw onion and the radishes, and I had a turnip as well. I put those in little bags, like a lunch bag with a little hole cut out, and they were the magic guess that food game. And so the kids would reach their hand inside the bag and they would feel it and they would smell it and they were being exposed to it in a sensory way that was completely not scary. You know, I wasn't saying you have to eat it, right? Right. And they were just, they were having fun and, and then I said, okay, we've done that and we've guessed and then we showed them what the answer was and then we went and sat down and had our carrot snack and we did our Blake coloring activity And then one of the kids looked at me and he said, well, aren't we going to eat the stuff now that was in the bag? (laughs) And the teacher looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh, first of all, can you stay a little bit longer? And second of all, this is crazy. So I went and I washed all the veggies and I brought them back and the kids were trying raw onion. I mean, the the teacher thought it was a completely different group, but it was because they were exposed. And I think exposure is key and it's not just eating foods which by the way they say it takes between 7 and 16 times for our palates to get used to food. So exposure is key, but we need to be exposing our kids, you know, with other senses. So feeling, smelling, and really seeing. And that's why the book with this augmented reality approach, it was critical to have the real photography. of the, So you can actually see, oh, that's a real carrot, it's a real cherry and the adults, you know, have, have gotten back to me and they're like, man, that book makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we learn a lot, too, I feel, even as adults. And we know stuff and we have this awareness. But I really love how it just reinforces it for us and uses language that when we are with our own children or if we're teachers working with children, it helps us to have really important connections and language to use. Absolutely. The, the adults love the book, too. It was, a, it was so funny. I was with another, I think it was a third grade classroom, and I was reading it to the kids, and the, the teaching assistant and the teachers were in the, the perimeter, and they were really excited about the book, too. They were sort of leaning in, and the, the book is very interactive. It has a lot of questions, and you wait, and you get the answers, and sometimes you have to guess, you know, what are these fruits? And so we were on the blue and purple, and I had a couple of pictures in there. One was of a fig, And, you know, some of them were easier, but the fig picture was a harder one, meaning not everybody got it right away. And all the kids were leaning forward, and finally the teacher goes, it's a fig. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so funny because you could see that even the adults were, like, completely engrossed in the story because, you know, again, when you make a story really active and you draw the reader in, that's where the learning happens. 
So the idea of the book, of course, it's natural. You're working in nutrition. You are passionate about eating really well and healthily. Where did the idea for the collaboration really come together to do the book with Alex? Well, it was interesting because I have been wanting to create this book for years because in my work with Nurture, I thought the most effective program was this Rainbow Day where we would get the kids excited about fruits and vegetables and we would give them lessons and then they would try new foods. But the teachers would always say, is there anything that you could leave behind that would allow this learning to continue? Because, you know, with human behavior, if you don't reinforce it, then it tends to fade and go away. So I looked, believe me, I looked at every book out there, and there are a lot of great nutrition books, but I was really looking for one that showed the real fruits and vegetables and that also had a story. I couldn't find one. So this is one of these like, gosh, we're going to have to create this for a need. And so that was the genesis of actually you know, wanting to create the book. Then I went to an art teacher who works with K through 8 students And I asked her, gosh, you work with kids every day. What do they love? And she was the one that came up with augmented reality. She said, this is hot. Kids love it. They are, you know, engaged with it. This would be a great medium because you can have the real fruits and vegetables and something that the kids can connect to with these illustrations. And then I said, well, who's going to do the illustrations? (laughs) And she was working with my son, and she pulled out, a few of his drawings, and you know what? They were perfect. The thing is, is that the more complex an illustration, the less likely a child, especially a younger child, is to connect. Like if we look at Charlie Brown and even Flat Stanley, and we're doing some of the same things with, you know, cutting out Blake, you know, how the Flat Stanley phenomenon has sort of exploded. But those are very simple lines, simple drawings, and the reason why they're so effective is then kids can say, well, it, you know, it doesn't look very much like anyone else, so it could be me. And the skin color could change and the hair color can change. And Blake being a boy or girl, you know, a lot of times when the girls draw Blake, they're putting long hair on them. You know, I've actually seen Blake with pink hair, you know, <laughs> so it just allows a lot more room, the own child's creativity to come into play just so great. And of course, this art is something that Alex is passionate about. He obviously enjoys it and has fun. So the idea of being able to be working on a book already at age 12, that's so incredible. You know, we all have unique talents. And I think as parents, we have to look at our children and know that they're so different than us and that we have to really help them to find their passions. And for Alex, he is completely passionate about art. He's actually right now at the Art Institute of Chicago. He's doing a two-week intensive program from nine to five where he is just focusing on his skills. And so I don't think this is going to be the last book from him. I think he, he plans on continuing. That is so incredible. And it's wonderful also because of mom and son, mom and kid working together just underscores how wonderful this is. And I think that will speak also to the audience of teachers and kids in the classroom or parents with their own kids saying, look at, look at how this is working out. 
And the end product can be so much better when you do engage children. I mean, that's what I learned from being a nutrition educator and being in the classroom so often is that I learned so much from the kids. They teach me how to message things appropriately. They teach me what's hot. They teach me what areas I need to brush up on. And so, yes, as parents, we can gain so much from our kids just by watching, you know, what they're interested in and what really resonates with them. I'm a certified nutritional counselor, so I have all the science behind me that I, of course, would love to bring into the equation. And when I was writing a couple of the, you know, first drafts of the manuscripts, you know, I had words in there like antioxidants, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just, and my kids, even my daughter too, they looked at it and they said, mom, no, energy, like that's the currency, that's what kids care about. They don't care about antioxidants. They're not thinking about cancer yet. <laughs> yes. So it's really important, I think, if you're going to create anything that's for kids, to involve kids. Perfect. Yes. And speak the language that's really going to connect and resonate with them, whereas the, if the words are, just aren't a trigger, they're not going to engage. And, and then that's what we're wanting is engagement. Engagement is the key. And it's a, it, there's a funny story about that because... The book is actually 54 pages, and a typical pictures book for kids is 32. And so when we went to the New York publishers, and this book was presented on stage at the Book Expo of America, so we had a lot of early um, exposure to the book, and the New York publishers said, you know what, great idea, some of the, you know, the concept of augmented reality is super neat and it's unique. But 54 pages, you will never capture the attention and keep it for that long. No, thank you. And I was sort of shocked because we needed that 54 pages in order to develop the story, I mean, to develop the character, to have an arc. And uh, Blake starts out you know, surrounded by cookies and candy and everything sweet and is tired and is sleepy, and that's so important to show, and it's so important to show the journey, you know, that magical journey that kind of mirrors the Wizard of Oz, you know, the honey I shrunk the kids. That journey is what really draws the kids in. And at the end, we see Blake with tons of energy uh, surrounded by fruits and vegetables. But the thing is, is the kids, they need that journey in order to draw them in. So we went out and we tested it, read it to hundreds of kids, and what I saw is when we were in these little circles with kids and you know, they would be sitting there and then they'd be on their knees and then they'd be leaning forward and then the teachers would say, you know, behave yourself, you know. But they were so engaged and I had, I had no experience with kids not having the attention span. And I just think we need to give kids more credit <laughs> that, yes, they can pay attention. We just need to give them credit. And really it doesn't feel... Uh, long. It doesn't feel like, oh my goodness, this keeps going on and on because uh, we need it for the concept of the rainbow and you, what's coming next. And the story is part of it. I, I can see how kids, I just feel like this big kid then reading the book, it, it's perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and, you know, we put that little map in there to show because you know, the rainbow is this journey. You go through the colors and so um, one of the, the beta readers said, wouldn't it be fun to show the kids where they are in the rainbow? Because everybody knows the rainbow. I remember when I was talking to the art teacher, she said, kids love rainbows. They know their colors. 
So if you have a little map in there, which we put in, here we're at red, here we're at yet, you know, yellow and orange, here we're at green. How many more steps do we have to go? And, I, and the kids love that part yes. because they love you know, knowing, and actually it's really good for counting when they're very young, but that idea of just sort of showing them where they are, that's the, that's the whole middle of the book. And the beginning is just Blake is sleepy, other kids are playing, Blake is not involved. And at the end, Blake is, you know, he's got his medal on, you know, great for the Olympics this time of year, and is feeling full of energy. And so there, there really is a, an arc to the story, but we needed some, we needed some room to make it happen. And we, need, we needed to give the kids credit that they could pay attention. And we proved those New York publishers wrong. that's wonderful (laughs) because the kids are the ones that dictate and this is for them so obviously it's just perfect the way it is and I love too that the teach the teachers really appreciate it too because they're using it for like I said you can use it for math you can use it for art for coloring for writing you know for other academic areas so it's not just part of a nutrition you know curricula in a school it can really be used in a lot of different areas, but only because it has these extra layers. Yes. And so a lot of thought and planning went into it. It's so simple for us to use. It's all there, and kids take what they need at any particular time. Just as we read, we get what we need at that particular moment. Absolutely. And the the, uh, word that the art educator who really was a a consultant the whole time on this project, Uh, the word she used for that is layers, meaning the very, very young kids, and I personally believe that you need to be reading to babies. You know, reading should start prenatal. I mean, when they're in the the womb. So, you know, really, you know, babies are probably more, and, and I've seen this, they'll sit in their car seats and they'll just stare at the pictures. And that's great because what they're doing is it's that exposure, right? So when they see a jicama in real life or when they see a carrot in real life, they will know it. And so just kind of staring at the pictures when, when children are really young is wonderful. But then when you're reading it to, you know, third graders, to fourth graders, they're seeing a whole different level of layers in terms of, wow, there's a parallel to The Wizard of Oz. There's a, uh, there's a parallel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And they're seeing a lot more about what's going on in the book because there are a lot of layers. And that's just fun because, again, as adults, you know, we want to enjoy the, kid, the books that we're reading to our kids. I, you know, my daughter had three books that she wanted read every single night. And I enjoyed two of them, but the third one was like, oh, I just couldn't wait to get through it. But what I'm hearing is that the parents are really enjoying this book as well. And I, I can understand that because I love it. And it's so vivid and engaging. That's another big piece of it. And I feel like I'm going to go back to what you said earlier, which I found so interesting, Catherine, that kids need to try 7 to 16 times an, a food item to get to enjoy it. Did I get that right? You got that right. And that is from scientific data. And so it's so important to not give up. I think sometimes parents put something on a kid's plate and maybe they take a bite and then it doesn't go well and then the parents get frustrated and then, oh no, this is the worst, and they label their child a picky eater and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. But really we need to keep a positive attitude. We need to 
consistently show our kids foods, ask them to smell it if they don't want to taste it. Finally, they will taste it and then know that we need to try it again. And, you know, with fruits and vegetables, they can be prepared in such different ways. So what I tell a kid, I tell them two things. One is that you might not have liked it yesterday, but you're a totally different person today, so just try that. That's one thing. Or the other thing is, oh, well, you really didn't like the steamed cauliflower, but this is raw cauliflower, and it's really crunchy. And sort of using these fun adjectives that are enticing to kids, I think you can make a lot more progress. So just remember to keep positive, keep trying. And in how you describe that, Catherine, I can feel kind of a game part of it, you know, making it fun and engaging again. Let's try it this way. Let's prepare it this way. Let's uh, maybe put a little different flavor on it. Makes it fun for kids. Absolutely. And with my kids, I gave them bingo cards. So anyone can just make them themselves. You just create a grid on a card and then or on a piece of paper, and you just put the names of foods or pictures of foods for very young kids and you say, if you make a bingo, then you get, you want to give them a non-food reward, like, like an activity that they want to do. But the idea is, is it's a whole card, and they're making a choice. So you're not making them try everything. You're just making them make a line, like a bingo. My kids, when they were little, they loved that game. Again, what great ideas that make it so much easier and... Again, another fun book. Kids will pick up the book or parents pick up the book. Let's read the book. And a way to just have fun together, have connections, and find a way to get those healthy foods in because kids are going to love it. I hope so. I mean, that is really, I think, my mission on this planet is to help the world be healthier, but do it in a way that is fun, that is positive, and that just takes attention out of, you know, mealtimes and snack times. Exactly. So the book, of course, is available at all of our favorite book sources, correct? It is, and it's um, going like hotcakes on Amazon. It's been out of stock a couple of times. Wow. But it's so fun because the reviews are coming in, and I love the stories of how, you know, I'm reading about my child never would would eat any fruits and vegetables, and now they're asking for this, that, and the other. So that's kind of fun. It's fun to kind of read what, what the book is doing in terms of helping people on the Amazon reviews. And how does Alex feel about that? He is so proud. I mean, I think it is so, like I said, it's so important for us to find our kids' passions and then allow them to develop them. So like I said, this book has turned into, I want to go to the Art Institute. I want to you really pursue this. You know, he's having so much fun. He's got an Instagram channel where he puts his sketches up. And uh, he is already talking to me about, can we develop um, a new character, this time a bunny, that will teach kids where their foods come from. So actually plant identification for edible plants, which I think is super important, getting kids out into the garden. What a brilliant child. Young, young, Thank you. young man. <laughs> oh, I will, I will have him listen to this. And, and um, don't we all think our kids are amazing? We have to really count our blessings. Yes, we do. And you know, to see that 
occurring and reinforcing all of this, uh, there's just, again, more layers to this that help us to be with our kids, work with our kids, and help them to be all that they can be, right? I love that. That's such an important part of what this book is about. Yes. Well, you certainly help us in such a great way. Teachers have to be loving this. It's going to be such a big part of classrooms, and so many different age levels can be using this. And then to have a book at home, in our homes, to use with our kids, too, I think is so key. And uh, again, such a great value. I hope so. You know, and with back to school right around the corner, this could be something that, you know, if teachers are dreading, oh my goodness, I have to do this nutrition unit, or I want to improve the snacks that my kids are eating, which, by the way, affects our academic performance. You know, this could be something that could be easily incorporated into a classroom. Exactly. So the book, we say, is readily available at our favorite book sources. And let's mention the website once again, Catherine, because that's also a, a really good source of information. Absolutely. It's a dedicated website to the book. It's called Give It a Go, Eat a Rainbow, Dot com And there's all kinds of information on there, free resources and curricula and parent handouts in Spanish and English and color and cut out your own Blake. So it's, we're always putting up new things on there, but we hope it really makes this book sort of a multimedia experience. Yes, so much fun. And it's creation, too. Such a great story. Catherine, you just bring us such wonderful books and great motivation. Thank you so greatly for you and for all the work that you do. Well, thank you. And you bring us such great messages. So keep that up. Thank you. That's the goal.